Well, good evening. What a way to start the year. My name's Bob and this is On The Ranch, episode two. I'm joined by what some are calling now a bit of an arsy tipper. Maybe it's just me <laughs> calling him that. Uh, he's currently basking in the afterglow of what we was absolutely perfect round, including the margin in the Storm v Broncos game. There is a grin from ear to ear that only a council rates notice could have raised. It's Pistol. Good evening, mate. Before you get started, we might save the tipping gloat until later on if we can. Uh, otherwise, we'll be here all night. Other than that, how was your weekend? Rob, it's uh, very good to be back uh, for round two of this On The Ranch. Our weekend was uh, really good. It was started off with a bit of a 70th birthday lunch with me mother and then uh, followed by going to the footy that night and chilled out on Sunday looking after a sick dog that came out of surgery. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a good son and a good father, obviously. Morgan kicking from inside the 40. Good angle on the kick. A firm, fast surface. And Morgan gets the Cowboys a 40-20. All right, we're going to crack into uh, a few little uh, letters and social media comments that we got from our first episode last week. We did get some uh, very good reaction to it, which was uh, certainly welcome. Thanks to everyone for the comments. It has spurred us on to come back and keep going. We're going to try and make each week bigger and better as much as we can. There's a couple of the comments we had. We had Trent. He said, uh, that's some bloody solid jibber-jabber, lads. And he used the, uh, I think it was the hands up emoji. I'm not sure what even that is, but uh, <laughs> probably showing my age a bit there. Uh, Alex said, uh, now you can drift off to sleep as the sultry voice of Pistol tells him bedtime footy stories. Mate, he puts me to sleep all the time. So that's uh, that's a perfect comment. Thanks very much. Keep yes. the comments coming. And this is evening sessions with the pistol. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Boom. It's gone. The wet weather, that's not easy. Good work by Jarvis Bowl getting the ball down. All right, straight into round one review. Cowboys took on the Dragons at 1300 Smiles Stadium, Saturday, 16th of March, 2019. The almighty Cowboys, 24 points, defeated the Dragons, 12 in front of 18,415 people. That turned out to be the fourth highest attendance figure for round one, which is a good start to the year. It beat the Storm versus Broncos game by about 2,000 patrons, uh, which is absolutely fantastic. I couldn't physically make it to this game. I took the family on a short trip over to Maggie Island for the weekend. Uh, I understand you made it to the game, Pistol. How was the atmosphere? Yeah, it was It was really good. I, I actually missed the first probably five minutes um, by the time I got there after unforeseen events earlier that day. But it was really good. The crowd was involved. It was a bit of an arm wrestle, to be honest, up until, you know, early on in the in the game. It went both ways, and you could tell there was a bit of preseason rust coming off the players. But all in all, it was it was a great game, great atmosphere, up until probably about 10 minutes from half time when, uh, as Lieutenant Dan would say, God showed up and <laughs> did it rain. It rained heavy and rained well. There was, uh, at that stage, out of that 18,000, there was probably about five of them, look, 5,000 of them looking for uh, seeking shelter elsewhere uh, as the heavens did open up, which then in turn created to a bit of wet weather footy. So it wasn't going to be your normal, typical run on play, but uh, the boys put it together and, and played well. It was fantastic. The standout for me in the game was, was Jason Taumalolo, of course, now. You've, the he, official stats page. Yeah, he just went beast mode, didn't he? Did. He? he went absolutely beast mode. The official NRL stats page listed his meters at 287, 
During the game, they were talking about 300 metres. Fox Sports at the moment, is they, they keep mentioning 301 metres. And uh, Champion Data, where I like to get a lot of my stats from, uh, they list his metres at 315. So in any case, none of that is insignificant. He did absolutely go beast mode. The next closest was Josh Maguire. And his debut for North Queensland, he managed 153 metres. And then Nene McDonald with 144 now. 153 metres. From Josh Maguire in about 53 minutes or, or is it is a solid, solid run. He certainly put in, put just, in the effort. You know, like it just goes to show how much of a of a human wrecking ball this guy actually is to double what Maguire did. It's it's unfathomable. Well, the next high, the, the highest for the Dragons was uh, Vaughn, and he managed 134. So, which is still good meters. In a game. <laughs> it is. They, it's fantastic for for a front rower. They say if you can average anywhere from 100 to 120 a game, you've sort of put your team on the front foot. And it's not just hit up runs. It's post-contact meters. Post-contact meters. He can put a step on. He set up that try to, to Mary Martin. Yeah. He's a freak. Absolute freak. I think he's worth every every cent ruining the day he slows down. I'm hoping that I'm hoping I don't see it. He's still only young. He's got a big motor. Next up, to Mary Martin. He took on that sixth roll very well, I thought. Uh, one play in particular sprang to mind where he, uh, he took it to the line, did a double pump. The timing was just right to draw some of the dragons out of that line, and that was enough to put us over the line there. It wasn't the only play. He, he had several good ones, I thought. I found, as much as I'm a fan of Kahu, I like it when um, Tamari actually went to the back. I thought that he, he can bide his time a lot more, and not only that, it also brings out someone like Asiata. To fill in the sixth role. He's um, highly underrated, Asiata. I call him the head chef because whenever he's got the ball in his hand, he's always looking at cooking up something. <laughs> well, he did. He did very well. And when Kahu, well, he was solid in the back there. And when he went off for that HIA and the team shifted, Asiata came in. It was like, it was smooth. No one, no one missed a yeah. beat. And everyone came together and played the way, you know, it was as if it was planned. That's yeah. how it's. That's how it looked on yeah. this, on screen. So that's great signs. We've got excellent depth there uh, for an injury if we if we need to. So that was fantastic. I thought Thumper played well. He looked like he was playing with purpose. No signs of the tired injury carrying man of last year. Yeah, you could definitely tell in two thousand and eighteen that whether or not it was his bulging neck injury, whether or not it was still coming over an ACL injury, he just. Just didn't look like the devastating origin and international prop that we've come to know with Big Thumper. But yeah, as of last, as of Saturday night's game, he's definitely a changed purpose. He looks like he's a, he's born again, completely revised. It's good to see. Justin O'Neill, well, he started pretty well, I thought. I was singing his praises to a mate of mine, and then he, uh, he actually fumbled it a couple of times. <laughs> Good old commentary, KSA. Hey? <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. It was almost the moment I sent a message on uh, on a mess- on Messenger, he, he fumbled it. So I thought, ah, oh, here we go. But uh, he, he came out at the end and sort of came back. I think overall he's probably exercised those demons from last year. I just hope he can keep the consistency going. It also appears that he's got another bit of turn of speed back in his legs again. He shut down uh, the winger there for the Dragons where they've got outside him and he's able to turn and chase, which then still held up, um, I think it was McDonald on his outside there to come in and actually make that tackle. Whereas 
And that's not easy to do. You know, that just one little split play there saved a certain four-pointer because of just his just his turn of speed and, and read of the game. I think you'll find big things from O'Neill. He's uh, definitely, well, he's an origin player and people have sort of, you know, given him a bit of guff over the time. But yeah, I reckon I reckon he's back. Hopefully we haven't just cursed him. Now, talking about <laughs> uh, Granville, his dummy half runs, they were brilliant. I don't think we saw too many of those last year, but he was on the ball this year. He was looking strong. He, there was about three or four dummy half runs there where he made a good 10, 12 metres. Yeah, I think, again, it's also just his service. You, on the back of, of the likes of Maguire and McLean and Scott and, and Lolo moving forward, his service was crisp to out the back plays to Morgan and Martin which then just kept us going on the front foot. So whilst whilst Jakey G's out there uh, applying all his craft, uh, it can only be good things on, onwards and upwards for the boys. It just goes to show how good a, a backline movement, how good your team can be when you do have that solid service from the nine. I mean, you look at the likes of Smith at the Storm, Hodgson from the Raiders, uh, even as far as Jake Friend from the Roosters. Uh, Granville's definitely well and truly up there. Absolutely. And Captain Morgan, he's definitely taken the helm. Oh. He's, he's looking confident. <laughs> uh, it's good to see. He was fantastic. Loved it. Weighted possession was on the Cowboys' side. 54% of the ball, 33 out of 40 completions. Uh, so that's at 83%. And you got to remember at 83% with that, the ball was greasy. You know, after... 25, 30 minutes when the when the heavens started to open, the hot, humid weather of, of North Queensland, and there wasn't really a breeze out there. It would have been still, and then you get that bit of wet weather come around. That pill becomes like a, a cake of soap after a couple of plays. So to be able to hold on to that for, for 33 out of 40 uh, sets just goes to show uh, that the boys have definitely been working on their um, ball handling skills in the off-season. Well, the Dragons only managed 75%, so that's a good comparison. Uh, for mine, I thought the second half was uh, more of a war of attrition for probably the first 20 minutes. The turning point for me was the there was a tackle by Cooper, Scott, and Tal Malolo that uh, drove, I believe it was Gareth Whitter, back into touch, and that sort of took the, the wind out of the Dragons' wings, so to speak. And we, we just sort of went off from there and did, probably took our foot off the throttle a bit towards the end. But other than that, that seemed to it, it definitely, sort of hurt the dragon, hurt the morale maybe. It definitely know. turned the tide. It was, a, it was a true arm wrestle, pardon the pun, up until that stage of the game. And just getting that repeat set after after the dragons had regained possession and, and they were about five minutes out from their own goal line as well. Cometh, Cooper, Scott and, and Lolo. It just goes to show that they dug in and it, it meant something to them to you know, get that win off the first game of the season, but also with the flood appeal and everything that was going on, you could tell they wanted to do it for the region and do it for their fans. And lifting in that definitely turned the tide. And from there, I think we scored not too long after it. And uh, things could have been different had that play not taken effect. Cooper being involved in that, he's the smallest of those three, and he is not a small boy. <laughs> he towers over me, and not not that I'm a very large person, but he towers over me. And so the other two, I think that would be a bit scary. I'd I'd, I'd run the other way back into touch voluntarily. Oh, 
looking at those three come down on you. You're kidding, aren't you? <laughs> Into the round two preview. The Cowboys are taking on the Broncos at Suncorp Stadium on Friday the 22nd of March. And of course it's a Friday night game for the Broncos at home. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. It's a game <laughs> that everyone looks forward to. We might just see a packed out Suncorp this week. We've got Maguire, Kahu and Opachik out to show that they made a good choice. And of course, Granville, he always steps up a notch for these games. Uh, James Roberts, I believe, has been named for this week. He had a bit of an inj- uh, back injury scare early against the Storm. I think it was actually the first play, but he is up and running from video I've seen today being Tuesday. And he has been named in the squad. Matt Lodge is gone. He's facing a two-match ban for his attack on the legs of Cameron Munster, which I believe is a, the right decision. Yeah, well, you can't you can't attack the legs of of the kickers. You know, it's yes, we play a contact sport, but uh, that that rule's not new. It's been out for now for about a good ten years, and you do the crime, you do the time. Just on that as well, you you mentioned Maguire, Kahu, and Opacek, and to an extent Granville, although he's been up here now for for four or five years. Look, it's a big thing when you come up against your old team. You want to you want to perform, you want to rise for it. These guys would have definitely had this marked in their calendar. And you'll I reckon you'll find um, Maguire's game, especially in the middle there, go to a new level. He's played in big high-octane arenas in the past. But as I said, when you come up against your old, old team, it's something that you do just want to, I guess, prove them wrong. Say that, you know, they made the wrong mistake by letting me go or just want to get one up on on your old teammates. Well, with Matt Lodge gone, he's been replaced by Tavita Pangai Jr., promoted into the starting squad. Ooh. I'm not sure that is a good thing for us. I probably personally would prefer Matt Lodge to be starting. Tavita versus Tamalolo. Yeah, well. Wow. Doesn't what, that what salvitate your lips? What happens when the un- un- unstoppable object <laughs> meets the immovable force? <laughs> Sean Fensom has been promoted into the starting squad, or at least into the, onto the interchange bench, so he'll be uh, wanting to size he'll up. He'll be chomping at the bit for this one as to, well. To come up back against us. Uh, so, Which is actually... I can't remember one of the last times a, a Cowboy player made the transition to play for the Broncos. I know Scott Prince did, but that was after stints with West Tigers and Titans. But from from fleeting memories, uh, it's been a while since you've seen a, a cowboy player make the move. I'm trying to think of to that. the to the southeast Queensland. No one wants to go down there after that play. Why would you? Why would you want? Why would you want to? Man, you got fishing bloody <laughs> 365 days off the reef here. You've got good weather all year round. You got the greatest beaches, the greatest weather. Maggie Island's on your footstep. Why would you leave? Well, the Broncos didn't go great last week. They they looked a little lost in the halves for mine. I never really rated Nicarima as creative enough to be in the halves personally. And Milford, well, I think he's a bit too inconsistent. Although it's only been one round, he was certainly inconsistent last year. And I don't have any confidence in his ability. But that could be the cowboy glasses that I wear. Uh, having said that, when they do gel... They are very dangerous. And that's something that we've, that the boys will have to be on notice about. Milford, he is an X-Factor style player. He can pull things out of nowhere and, and make it look quite easily. 
However, I find Milford's best games is when he's had a solid halves partner. Um, ben Hunt, to mine, bought out the best of Milford. Uh, when Milford was in the Raiders, he was playing behind um, players like Croker and also, I think, Carney at the time, which were good, good ball-playing leaders. Now it's on his shoulders. He's got to be the dominant player, and I don't think that the role quite suits him. Uh, hopefully that doesn't leave egg on my face with comments like that, but uh, you can definitely tell that he's, you know, he's just lacking a bit of, a bit of direction in his in his game. Well, I think Boyd tried to uh, call a bit of that direction last year and tried to direct the, the Broncos from the back of the field. I don't, I didn't see him make too many calls last week. Absolutely agree. Milford doesn't really seem to be much of a player who takes charge. He seems to be more reactive, I think. Yeah, 100%. But time will tell. Let's hope that um, he's still a bit reactive come Friday night (laughs) and he's not on the front foot. Corey Oates, on the other hand, he was a standout for him last week. 226 metres to his name. I've no doubt that they will be studying his video this week. He's he's another one of those guys. He's He's a big... Big ombre, Corey Oates. Uh, he wanted to go play in the middle. Why, if you're making those meters on the wing, mm. why would you want to roll your sleeves up and, and get hit every second tackle? It makes no sense to mine, but uh, he's definitely uh, going to be one to watch. It's it's a good matchup seeing someone like Nene up against Oates. They can both jump. They can both leap. they both got speed. And... Uh, it's going to be, you know, they're both going to have their hands full. It's going to be interesting. Depends on, I think probably depends on the service from Roberts, whether or not he can get the ball out to Oates. That's if Roberts plays. Yeah, that's if Roberts is in. On that note, with James Roberts playing, um, to steal an old 12th man line, it'd be interesting. Not that you want to see a player get injured, but <laughs> the old throwaway, oh, there's been a fall, Roberts is down. <laughs> Chewy the Jet. <laughs> I'm hoping he's not firing this weekend. He's on the tarmac. Yes. Wings are clipped. <laughs> so the Cowboys are named 1-17, to almost identical to last week. The only change is uh, Gideon Gillamosby has been demoted off the reserve bench and Corey Jensen comes on, but that's in number 20. It doesn't affect the starting 17. The Broncos, as we mentioned, Matt Lodge is out and Tavita Pangai Jr. comes in. And Sean Fensom is promoted onto the bench. Certainly similar teams from last week. Good for the Cow- good for the Cowboys, for sure. Maybe not so good for the Broncos. We'll see. Always tough to travel to Brisbane and play. I, I would much prefer that when they play up here, but that'll be later in the year. I believe there's a strong contingent of Cowboys supporters in Brisbane. Uh, so I do hope they get out to this game and show the support. We can't have all the cheering going the Broncos' way. No, and, and it is one of those games where you find that the crowd actually just wants to see good footy. There was a time there dating back prior to 2015 where it was definitely Cowboys versus Broncos, but I think over the time there's a mutual respect for both both clubs and when you weigh it up over what since the grand final and even a few games that year even, there's been golden pointers, there's been goalpost try-saving tackles, there's been... Not much in it at all, and I, you know, the fans will be out there regardless. I'll be definitely <laughs> sure to tune in a somewhat thirteen hundred kilometres as the crow flies from Townsville to Brisbane. 
uh, it's definitely a game that's always uh, exciting to watch. It goes to Martin off the scrum win. Again, it comes to McDonald. His strength, he might have got there. He thinks he has. He bounces up to try and sell it. Too big. Sun's out, guns out. Nanae McDonald. Well, a quick go over the um, Queensland Cup games from last week. It's actually round two. We missed them. We missed the first round. That's... I think you'll find that they played uh, prior to our first uh, well, they segment. D- well, they did. <laughs> they did, but we could have gone over it. Look, the Cutters took on the Magpies on 16th of March and went down 20 points to 22 with tries to Hodges, Bambling, Cotter and Pere. Two conversions from Marcus Jensen. They'll come good, the Cutters. On Sunday, the 17th of March, the Blackhawks took on the Seagulls down at Pigabean Sports Complex, but they went down 24 points to 16. Blackhawks had tries from Sean Hudson, Levi Dodd, Michael Parker Walsh. Michael Parker Walsh is still playing. He's still getting around. I thought he, he retired. Maybe maybe I read that wrong in, in last season or, or thereabouts. I would say you read it wrong. I've definitely read that one wrong. I would say so. And just on that with the Blackhawks, I just want to do a bit of a shout out to uh, Webby Irish and uh, and the crew on Nevs Hill. You guys do a really good job down there at Jack Mansky Oval and uh, keep up the good work. I'll be sure to join you for a few frothies there one day. On the 17th of March, we saw the Northern Pride take on the PNG Hunters at the Oil Search National Football Stadium, where the ground was slippery and the weather was rainy. Ooh. Four tries to the Pride from Masamechi Bugden, Sean Bowen. Sean Bowen. There's another Bowen. There is another Bowen. Another Bowen. A cousin to Matt and Javid. And, and Brenton. And Jack Murphy and Brenton Bowen, yes. And BB. I, I did forget about Brenton Bowen. Three from four conversions by Jake Clifford, who tore them up. I hear man of the match performance. Brilliant. He's certainly pushing his way to get back into the Cowboys starting squad. Again, look, he's he's still a young player and he's got an apprenticeship to serve, but uh, he's putting every foot forward in, in the right direction for his um, development. Well, if you're in Kansas weekend, Saturday the 23rd of March at Barlow Park, you'll see the Northern Pride taking on the Townsville Blackhawks. Ooh, the battle of the North Queensland contingents. Battle of the far north, you might say. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's, if, that's if they um, get a bit of a go up there. I mean, I know there's Cyclone Trevor floating around and about, but stay safe. All right, some other news from around the traps. Cricket Australia, they are, well, cricket in general, they're, they're looking to add names and numbers on the back of the test jumpers for the next test series. Yeah, right. For the first time in 144 years. Good move. They've got the uh, the numbers on the back of their Shield jerseys. I remember a few seasons ago in the Shield, they had names and numbers. I think it's just gone back to numbers now. Uh, but that's actually a good good move identify the players out there and when you're sitting up in the nosebleeds like I have in the past at certain test venues, it, um, <laughs> it can be a bit hard to tell who's who after a couple, um, after a couple of frothies. After a couple of golden lagers. <laughs> I do believe they were wearing the number, their actual player number on their pants. Oh, that's a bit of heritage, isn't it? I could be wrong. 
I believe I read that if, today. If that's the case, yeah, good step in the right, right been, foot forward. I think One, Cricket two, Australia has been doing that for a couple of years now. Shake it up a little bit. That's 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 a good move. Just I know on, they, had, they had that on their baggy greens. I know that. Yeah, they've always had it on the baggy greens. But I believe they've been wearing it on the pants. Oh, well, when you're in your test cap, you want to have a bit of pride with it. On the cricket as well, the final round of Sheffield Shield kicks off this week with uh, well, every team's in contention to actually still make the finals. Uh, you can cut off South Australia there, though. They've got to win the game, take 10 wickets in the first innings and then also score 1,800 runs. <laughs> Highly unlikely. But my mate, Luke the Fox Feldman, he's uh, playing in his final game for the Queensland Bulls. Uh, best of luck to you, mate. Hope everything works out right. And with a little bit of luck, I know it's mathematical, but the Bulls could just sneak into playing the the big dance, the grand final, which will be against Victoria. They're already through. It's a mathematical equation with the results having to go our way. But um, best of luck, Luke, on your final final game for the Bulls. Here's hoping that you might just have one more. Quickly over the weekend, we had the Australian Formula One Grand Prix. Daniel Ricciardo, our Aussie hopeful, had a terrible start of the year. He sheared his front wing off during the race start of the... Oh, no. Um, didn't even make the first corner. He ended up retiring from the race. They pulled him in after he was going down a lap or two. So very disappointing for Danny there. We know it's going to be a long time until he's probably up the front, until Renault get there their heads together, but uh, Mercedes took the win with Valtteri Bottas. Now, I understand you're a Hamilton fan. I am a Hamilton still, fan, Are yes. you happy with second place? Look, it's it's the first race of the season. We'll take second all the time, but don't worry. Louis, Louis is that good a driver. He'll be he'll be on the podium in one spot more often than not. Um, hopefully, he's joined by our boy Danny Rick. I, I, do, I do like Danny Rick, don't get me wrong, but yes, I am a I'm a Louis Hamilton fan back in his day for McLaren, Mercedes, before they went their separate ways. So, yeah, he's hoping you see another driver's championship. Supercars were also held on the weekend at the same same event. They had four races, and all four were won by the new Mustang, which pleases me. Three out of the four wins went to Scott McLaughlin. It should have been four wins, but for a bizarre pre-race clash where the Mustang of Cam Waters clobbered the rear of the... DJR Mustang of Scott McLaughlin took them both out of the race. Uh, it was during the outlap, which isn't even that's, that's before they even line up <laughs> on the pre grid, that's before the warm up lap, even before they get the tyres warm. It is, it, it hasn't happened uh, since the early 2000s with Scaife and Lounds, I believe, and it was, it was bizarre. In any case, uh, McLaughlin now has a 31 point lead over Red Bull Holden Racing Team's uh, Jamie Winkup as we head into the Tasmanian round in a couple of weeks' time. Just quickly, in other, other sports around the country, we don't mind a little bit of AF, a little bit of Aussie rules uh, along with our cricket and uh, rugby league. Uh, hate on us as much as you like about that, but uh, our man Pistol here is a probably a fanatic Brisbane Lions fan. Personally, personally, I am a reigning Premier West Coast Eagles. Oh, turn it up. Have you won three in a row? We don't need to. Uh, we've we've won enough. We are reigning premiers, and these two teams happen to be taking on each other this Saturday, March twenty third. It is at the Gabba. 
So Fortress Gabba. Fortress Gabba, except that West Coast Eagles generally have it over Brisbane Lions, certainly in the last three or four years. That is true, but with the rise of Dan Rich and the second season of Luke Hodge involved, you're going to see a different changing of the guard this year, my friend. We've shed about four or five premiership players as well this this year, so <laughs> it could be a bit more of a level playing field. But uh... That actually works out really well. I get to watch the Cowboys... Friday night, and then turn around and back it up with the Lions' victory Saturday. I mean, half a carton each game, that's perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> Brandon. Goes to Asiata, holds it up. Morgan runs towards Winnett, beats him for the line. Happy, happy, yeah. John Asiata doing the ball playing, and Michael Morgan, the new full-time skipper, opens up a six-point lead. All right, NRL round two, tips. And uh, I believe in round one, well, we we did mention it a little earlier, and I would be remiss if I didn't uh, cover it again. Eight from eight, baby! (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, Well, now the pressure is on you to keep it up. Hey, look, you're only as good as your best ever round of tipping. So um, some would say you're only as good as your next game. You're only as good as your last game. I say that you're only as good as the best ever the game that you've ever performed in. So for myself, eight from eight. Eight from eight, including the margin. Including the margin, including picking the storm margin of 10. If if it comes down to that, it comes down to the margin, well, then let's see how we go. This Thursday, the 21st of March, at Jubilee Stadium, 6.50pm, the Dragons are hosting the Rabbitohs. Who do you like here, Pistol? I've gone the iconic Red V to bounce back from their um, trip up north. I just think that they're going to they're gonna be hungry. And against the, the Rabbitohs, they always put in a, a stellar performance. Uh, yeah, I've got the Dragons by eight. Dragons by eight. I'm taking the Rabbitohs by four. Oh, well. But we can't trust my tipping because clearly I'm I'm in the room with a tipping master. <laughs> I'm never saying that ever again, <laughs> damn it. Friday, the 22nd of March, 5 p.m. at GIO Stadium. The Raiders hosting the Storm. Storm going in as $1.59 favourites. That they are. However, <laughs> call me silly, call me blind, call me whatever you want to call me. I've gone the Raiders in this one. I just think that, uh, you know, they, they would have got a lot out of their, their win on the road against the Titans and coming back home. It's not going to be the walk in the park that everyone thinks it'll be. I've got the Raiders to get up here in a bit of a, some could say, upset win. Well, you had Raiders on the road last week. You also had Raiders, I believe, in your top four. Yeah, they're, they're sitting fifth in your top four. So this is interesting. Sorry, sitting fifth in my top eight. <laughs> fifth in your top eight. They are currently sitting second on the ladder, which is uh, mostly due, obviously due to their flying games. But uh, 6.55 p.m. on Friday, this 22nd of March, Suncorp Stadium, of course, the Broncos hosting the Cowboys. Broncos going in as a $1.60 favourites. Broncos favourites, Suncorp. At we read, as, as we read this on Tuesday night, so it's probably a little early. But... $2.42 for the Cowboys. That's good purchase. That's certainly value there. I'd... I'd be tempting Satan on I this would be one. Tempting Satan. Having a lazy little flutter. <laughs> flutter, shall we say? <laughs> I've got the Cowboys in that one. No, no reason. Ah, uh, no need to um, even entertain the thought about going for the Broncos in this game. I've got the Cowboys and to 
I just want to hope that they've got the game won with about 15 to go. It'd be nice just to sit back, have a nice glass of vino. The game's 36 to nil. You don't have your heartbeat racing out of your chest going to Golden Point like it's happened every other game for the last four years. <laughs> It'd just be nice to be done in a canter and just settle the blood pressure a little bit. I think you and I both know that that's not going to happen. <laughs> and it's going to go down to the last couple of minutes. One could dream. And as we're standing there biting our nails. Saturday, the 23rd of March, 2pm at Shark Park. Sharks are hosting the Titans. Sharks $1.38 favourites. Yeah, look, the Sharks obviously going down to the Knights last week. And this week they'll go down to the Titans. <laughs> Titans to take the chocolates. You continue to surprise me. <laughs> but I can't doubt you with your, with your impeccable record at the moment. Oh, my God. Uh, I am going to take the Sharks. At Shark Park, uh, I think they'll bounce back. And the Titans couldn't even put a score on the board last I, week. I think you find... I mean, I know it's only round one, but I, I still think that there's a lot of off-field drama still paying on the Sharks' minds here. Clearly. 4.30pm, McDonald Jones Stadium again. The Knights are hosting the Panthers. $1.75 favourites to the Knights. Just for the record in our in our podcast, in our, in, in our future ones, can we just call... McDonald's, Jones, whatever it's called. Can we just go back to Marathon just for just for this? We could call it Macca J. Macca J Stadium. Well, I'm going to call it Marathon anyway. <laughs> Newcastle to get up over Penrith. I just think the Chocolate Soldiers from the Cumberland Plain are not going to travel too well out to to Newey. And uh, I think I've got one of my brother, my brother-in-law uh, living there. He's going to be out at that game and... He's adopted Newcastle as his little hometown these days, and I just think that they'll be too good for a Penrith outfit. I thought you were going to say he's adopted the Knights as his new team. No, no, he won't do that. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't mind the region. (laughs) I'll be taking the Knights there as well. Oh, you're on board. Finally, you're going to have a tip right. I am am going to have a tip right. The Panthers, I I was wrong. I will admit I was wrong. (laughs) Uh, That's probably for the second time ever. Let's just leave it at that. Saturday, 23rd of March, still at 6.35pm at Lotto Land. The Manly Sea Eagles taking on the Sydney City Roosters. I call them Eastern Suburbs. Well, you can call them whatever you like. The boys from Bondi. The boys from Bondi. Latte uh, sippers. <laughs> indeed. $1.33 favourites of Roosters. They can be favourites all they want here today, Rob. I've, I've got no dramas with them being favourites because at Brookvale, <laughs> the manly, the, the the silver tails, I've got them. I've, I've, tipped the, I've tipped the sea eagles in this one. I just think that, that they'll cause an upset over the roosters. Go manly. You uh, don't hear that too often. <laughs> uh, I will be taking the roosters. I'll be wrong again. Sunday, the 24th of March, 3.05pm at ANZ Stadium. The Bulldogs taking on the Eels. Eels, $1.70 favourites. Oh, this, was, this was probably the toughest game of the round to pick, to be honest. Eels usually always start their season well for the first round and then go downhill rapidly. Bulldogs, I think, they've got their fan favourite and probably one of their best players in Reese Martin sitting on the sidelines in reserve grade. Yet, they got spanked 40 points by the Warriors and he can't get into the starting side. There's trouble afoot uh, down there at Belmore. Uh, hopefully, Dean Pay can sort of turn it around for the 
for the dogs, but yeah, this week I've got the Eels. I'm going to agree with you there. I was going to go the Bulldogs, but I think you've just convinced me otherwise. Ooh. That's pretty sad. 5.10pm <laughs> on the same day at Campbelltown, the Tigers taking on the Warriors. $1.80 versus $2.02. I've got the Warriors in this one. I just think uh, the way they performed well against the Dogs last week, uh, they did it in a canter. I think the halfback went off with 15 minutes to go for a rest and basically get to the boozer in time. I can't see the Tigers uh, matching it up front with the muscle and strike power of what the Warriors possess. Well, I'm going to take the Warriors as well. Might come down to the wire, but the Warriors should close that one out. 20 to 16 Warriors. If you get that right, <laughs> I quit. I am putting all of your tips into one big multi this week. And that will guarantee that it won't come off. Well, thanks again for joining us on our second ever episode. As you know, uh, we're on Facebook as On The Spot. Uh, You can chat to us directly there and also find our On The Spot hype videos there as well. You can find me at uh, XRBob on Twitter. I'm I'm on there a little bit. I might throw a bit of the odd uh, commentary during a game, sometimes probably just a summary or, or something at half or full time. Certainly nothing too intense. I'm not about to win any. Pulitzer Prizes or Gold Logies. That really is just my one-eyed thoughts and observations. Pistol hasn't discovered Twitter? No, he, I, I haven't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bit in the dark ages on that one. Well, at least I, you, you I, do have a smartphone, unlike your brother. I, I did see Peter Beatty's comments on Twitter over the weekend, and <laughs> it's probably even more reason for me not to get on it. <laughs> well, I believe he deleted his Twitter oh, after for that. For good reason. <laughs> probably a good idea. Uh, you can find our podcast on uh, podcast.com as of last week. You can now also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify Podcasts. I have been a busy boy this week. That, I is, tell you. that is cool. It is some pretty cool we stuff have... to appear on iTunes. They approved us, so we must be doing something. They approved uh, us? We mustn't be doing anything bad. Oh, have we got ads or something? Can, can we get like a, a, a producer or something? <laughs> You're looking at him. That's just as good as it gets. Can we get an agent? <laughs> oh, that's, that's good news, actually. Yeah. We actually also have an email address now. On the ranch NQ, all one word, at gmail.com. So if you've got any, any thoughts, anything you want to shout out, if you want to get in touch with us, um, sign prints on the ranch NQ at gmail.com. If you are on iTunes, uh, have a go at leaving us a five star review. Or four stars, or hell, one star, we don't care. Uh, it will help us in ways. Uh, I haven't really thought of how that will help us, but I'm sure it will at some point. It can only be a good thing anyway. We do welcome constructive criticism. Come on, send us an email, hit us with some comments. <laughs> I've always wanted to say this as well, and don't forget to like, subscribe, and share in the comments below. You've been listening to Rob and the Pistol at On the Ranch tonight. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you all again next week. Good evening. Good night.
You can't just say good night. You can't just sign off like I that. I did. I did just sign off like that. We didn't say good night. We just said how many <laughs> iTunes we're on. <laughs> we didn't actually say farewell. We're on eight different iTunes. <laughs> I don't know how to work it. <laughs>